Welcome to Newsable for Monday, January 22nd of 2024. It's Wellington Anniversary Day today, which marks the arrival of the first colonial settler ship to the region, the Aurora, which landed at Petone Beach in 1840. Back to now, though, and there's mixed news on the weather front. Met Service expects more heavy rain in parts of the Motu, but if you are struggling with the heat and humidity like me, Cooler temperatures are due on Wednesday before the mercury starts to climb again. A short respite, but we will take it nonetheless. Kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. An estimated 10,000 people attended Saturday's Kingitanga Hui. So, what's the plan from here? It's the tail end of January already, and according to Trade Me, it's peak job hunting season. So, what's out there if you're eyeing a change? We meet the home gardener who is so self sufficient. She only really needs to go to the supermarket for toilet paper. And the story of a dog with six legs that was dumped in a parking lot. I promise this one has a happy ending. We've got all that coming up on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. The best protest we can do right now is being Māori. Be who we are, live our values, speak our reo, care for our mokopuna, our awa, our maunga, just be Māori. Māori all day, every day, we are here, we are strong. We have a framework from today's hui that can guide our thoughts. Remember, day is just day one. Hold on to the hope and believe in you. That was Kingi to Haitia closing Saturday's national hui at Turangawaiwai Marae in Naruawahia. He called the hui, which drew an estimated 10,000 people, a number well above the predictions leading up to it, to discuss kotahitanga, unity, and government policies relating to Māori, including a bill that would redefine the principles of Te Tiriti, the Treaty of Waitangi. Kingitanga Chief of Staff, Archdeacon Nida Simmons, is with us now. Welcome back to Newsable. Thank you. Good morning. So what happens now? Well, as indicated in the King's speech, now we head to Ratana, to the west, and the conversation will continue there. We'll take a different form. It will be led by different iwi, which is good to hear all of the voices. From there, we head north to Waitangi. And in his closing speech, the king asked if iwi of the East Coast and the South would also consider calling for the Modi of what we have created here so the conversation can continue. We suppose that's the question, right? How will you maintain the momentum that you managed to achieve on Saturday? I think it will grow, uh, and I don't think it will be difficult. Saturday was largely a touch point and a reference point. It was about inspiring, about beginnings, and about making space for kotahitanga to dwell within tiwi Māori. It's not the kingitanga's role to be in control of that in every single space. Mm. We don't control other iwi. And so that's why the king invited others to participate in the conversation. Are there plans to consolidate the korero at any point so that you can present it to the coalition government? Yes, absolutely. There'll be an interim report that will come out. Uh, We're really hoping uh, this coming week. 
Uh, there'll be a more fuller report that will come out in perhaps the next few weeks or next month or so. There were two national MPs in attendance, the one of which was the Minister for Māori Development. How were Tamapotaka and Dan Bidwa received and what and how did they engage? They were received according to our tikanga. And so that means that even though we disagree I should say, even though some disagree, it's important, not all, even though some disagree, they were still received with tikanga and with aroha. And I acknowledge uh, Tama and Dan, uh, and I'm glad they came. I think it was important that they were there so that they could see and absorb and understand everything about this hui. What was really important, and I acknowledge all the politicians, uh, none of them took centre stage and spoke. They all came and listened. Nita, why is it so important to rally against this Treaty Principles Bill when we know it's not going anywhere. Christopher Luxon has made it clear that National will not support it further than its first reading. Such discussions are bigger than just parliamentary processes and that's why the context and the frame for this hui as called by Kingi Tuhetia was about a, a conversation of national unity and If there is a significant disappointment for us, it's the way in which the conversation has been brought to us and the way in which now the nation will have the conversation. It started from a point of political bargaining and vote gaining. How we understand the the life and the being of Aotearoa, we should have had this discussion in between election cycles. We shouldn't have had it in the build-up to an election Te Tiriti o Waitangi has to be something. And it's as the King said, don't look to the courts to understand it and interpret it, look to the marae. And if we peel back the layers of what he's saying there, don't politicise this document and use it in builds up to elections. Do you think you're going to be able to constructively move forward with the coalition government, given we know what policies are preferred and in the pipeline? Absolutely. I think Tiwi Māori, we've got a really good history track record of being able to work with all governments of all political spectrums. And I remain hopeful that we can continue to to dialogue. There is going to have to be some change and some compromise. And and that will be for all of us. We've had a good, strong commitment from the Prime Minister himself. We will see the Prime Minister at Ratana this coming weekend again at Waitangi. And so now comes the part where the the leadership need to start to come together and talk and find ways forward. And an estimated 10,000 attended. Nita, this should have been my first question. Did you have enough lunches? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We did have a bit of a panic. Uh, (laughs) There's some behind-the-scenes story for you. Archdeacon Nita Simmons, thank you so much for taking the time to call it all. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. We love it when you get in touch, so make sure you do. If you've got something to say, something to recommend, I don't know, I'll take anything. Email us, newsable at stuff.co.nz. I don't know about you, but the new year definitely sparks thoughts of what do I want to change this year? 
And look, while I'm very happy in my job and in my work, Trade Me says that funnily enough, this last week of January is peak job searching season. According to its data, there were 1.6 million views on job listings this time last year, with half a million on January the 24th alone. Trade Me's Matt Tollich is with us now to talk about what they've dubbed job hunt January. Gosh, that's a phrase. Matt, welcome back to News of All. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Are there jobs out there for the number of people looking? Yes, yeah, so job listings are down from the peak. Um, you know, we went through a big period of about two years, you know, post-COVID where employers were just desperate for candidates. We know that we're in a skill short market and, you know, job listings went through the roof. They have come back, um, so there's not as many out there, but, you know, we've still got 12-odd thousand listings on site right now. So there's plenty. It's just not quite as many as we were when we were in that kind of real skill short market. And 1.6 million views this time last year. I know we've only just entered job hunt January peak season. Are you thinking we'll see the same this year? Definitely, definitely. We're seeing similar numbers on site now. And, you know, it was a Tuesday last year, so I'm, I'm predicting it'll be uh, a Tuesday coming up this Tuesday. Mm. Uh, but obviously, we've got some really, really cool jobs on site as well. So should I give you a little hint at what those are? Well, yes, I was going to say, I, I do believe you've dug into the listings and found a couple of killer jobs. So please do share. Oh, we have some killers. So some of our great partners have realised that this is obviously uh, a time when there's many candidates on site. And so they've put forward some of the best jobs we've ever had. So my personal favourite, actually, they're all my favourite, but this is my actual favourite, <laughs> is a Wicked Wing tester at KFC. So these are actual jobs that you need what? to go on, apply for. There will be a process, you know, there'll be checks and, you know, you get paid for it as well. There's another awesome one, which is for the Fiji and Drua rugby team, their chief hype officer. So you've got to go along when they're playing the blues. You've got to be a bit anti-blues, unfortunately, and hype <laughs> up the crowd. Uh, and then there's a social meowdia specialist, or, oh. you know, you see what I've done there. And um, if you're great at kind of taking cat memes or, you know, you love your pets and you love taking photos of them, then, you know, Pet Direct uh, has put up an awesome role to go and help them do that. I know I said I love my job, but I also love a wiki wing, so maybe I will be checking oh. out the listings soon. Is it getting hard to change jobs? Yeah, you know, it it... it is a challenge, but I think the right tools are there now in place. You know, we've got great recruitment agencies and great HR departments within businesses uh, and small businesses as well. There, there's all the tools are there, but it's all about the candidate really putting their best foot forward. So making sure you're spending the time, you know, updating that CV, making it relevant for the job that you're applying for. So, you know, a cover letter is important. And, you know, a trade me jobs profile always helps as well because <laughs> we send recommendations for you as well. But then on top of that, you know, cleaning up your social footprint, making sure that you know, there's no dodgy photos of you online. Um, really, all of those things help your cause when you're trying to find a job. Trade me's Matt Tollich. Thank you for those tips, tricks, and for, I imagine, naming the three about-to-be-most-popular listings on your site. Thank you so much for having me. Would you believe that someone has been able to grow pineapples in central Auckland? Well, we're about to meet that gardener in a second. But hey, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform because it will help other people find us.
We have all felt the cost of living squeeze when visiting the supermarket, and many are having to skimp on fruit and vegetables. But according to a piece in Consumer New Zealand, one Aucklander who was sick of high prices at the shops is fighting back from her back garden. Alan Schindler now has a food forest in Sandringham and grows dozens of kinds of fruits and veggies, including pineapple and pawpaw. But that's not all. Alan also grows coffee beans and macadamia nuts alongside some chickens and bees. And here to tell us more about all of this is Alan herself. Kia ora. Kia ora. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So this garden sounds amazing. Do you have a massive section? Are you living on a secret massive farm in the middle of Auckland that no one knows about? Not at all. And as far as my partner's concerned, she wouldn't want that. So we live in the middle of Sandringham's normal, what used to be called a full-size section until recently, 685 square metres. We have a small two-bedroom house, a single garage, as it was you know, used to be built in the 70s when cars were small. A small little tool shed and um, a little bit of a backyard that's a little bit paved and all the rest is um, garden. So we probably have about 530 square meters to grow on. And how many different types of fruit and veggie are you growing? I have once started a list and when an A4 sheet was filled um, (laughs) with um, three columns, I just stopped (gasps) because I haven't even been half through the garden. But I do have about 45 or 50 fruit trees. Most of them are in the ground. Some of them are in the pot. Mm. Is this something that you think anyone could do? do you, like, If I want to just start trying to grow coffee beans, macadamia nuts, pineapples and pawpaw, do I need to be a proper green thumb? Well, I think you should just start planting now and then get yourself you know, a little bit educated, immerse yourself in people who are doing the thing, find a group that can help you understand. When we started to plant our first trees in 2008 – we planted four trees and then we happened to come about three months later about uh, an opportunity of what's called the Master Gardeners class done by the CCS Disability Gardens in Royal Oak. And when we had the topic fruit trees, we went straight home, dug all the four trees out and repositioned them according mm. to what we've learned. So, you know, there's just do it. You can often undo your mistakes or live with them or start again. Do you have to get anything from the supermarket anymore? We we are not like and well, we are anti-supermarket, but not in the way that we mm. don't want to use them. We just don't think it's our way of the economy we want to support in that way or, uh, you know, we'd rather support the economy in, mm. in a different way. Everybody has to live, so we are happy to, you know, put the money that my partner earns to good use. But we are thinking, you know, what else could we purchase for that money and what else can mm. we do ourselves? And using, utilizing our what's now regarded rather bigger section uh, in that way is just what works for us. And there's more benefits than just getting the fruit or the vegetables for us. There's a lot of other benefits to that 
lifestyle too. Mm. So what do you need to buy from the supermarket? I'm just trying to... Um, sometimes we buy t- toilet paper, Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> um, this is just wonderful, Ellen. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat and explain all of that to us. And there is a wonderful article on consumer.org.nz all about Ellen's garden, complete with pictures, which I would highly recommend looking at. Thank you. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So, for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I promised you a dog story with a happy ending right at the start of the show, so sit on down because here it is. In September last year, a beautiful 11-week-old spaniel hit UK headlines after she was found dumped in a supermarket car park in Wales. The reason she hit headlines? She had six legs. Now, vets nicknamed her Ariel because her two extra limbs, which were right next to her tail, joined together at the end and looked a little bit like a mermaid's tail. So get it? Ariel, Disney, Disney princess, the mermaid. Uh, So after Ariel made headlines, around $31,000 Kiwi dollars was raised by fans of hers from all over the world so that she could get surgery to remove her extra leggies. She had that surgery last week and the vets have said it's been a complete success. She's recovering well, she's getting lots of hugs and love from the nursing team and she's already up drinking, eating, walking around. I have even better news. She already has a foster family in Wales and the vets say there's been an inundation of calls and emails from as far as Australia, maybe they're about to get one from New Zealand, with people wanting to adopt her. So the only issue with finding her a forever home is going to be sifting through the applications. I told you it had a happy ending and that is Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. If you're in Wellington, happy Wellington anniversary. If you're not, good luck out there. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Hey, Chris. Yes. Do you want another very broad question? I've got a very broad question today. Go on, then. What do you know about sports? Up the wires, go the Black Caps, and don't forget Premier League football. Oh, you do love a bit of Premier League footage, do. don't you? What team is it that you're supporting? Oh, the current champions, Manchester City. I think they're pronounced Arsenal. It's pronounced Arsenal. Uh, but you know what's good about football? It what? They don't regulate soccer. Right? I'm sorry. There's a sport that regulates soccer? Indeed there is, and it's cycling. That's very strange. Why on earth do they regulate it? Well, I know, but if you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the Big Stuff Quiz, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, that's a cliffhanger indeed. The Big Stuff Quiz is brought to you by Melbourne Every Bit Different. Listener.